Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I am with Honky. Uh, I've been told by multiple sources that my Coach Riley impersonation sounded like a demented Mr. Rogers and that I should never do it again. <laughs> I personally kind of liked it. Uh, what does that say about me? And I'm also with Mac. Hey, Redcasters, just want to apologize for missing the last podcast. I was uh, serving a suspension for targeting that we were after <laughs> reviewing our last podcast. They decided that I went high. so <laughs> Better than going low, I guess, right. on a podcast. Uh, and Boomer. Well, I would just like to mention to the uh, Redcast fans, uh, I've had reports that uh, both Dave Remington and Trev Alberts have been spotted here in Lincoln today looking at getting an apartment together. <laughs> this is all over. they got to get an apartment together. All right. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Well, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Well, I have the Redcast in uh, Denver uh, for the whole weekend. We're going to be uh, – Watching the Nebraska game on Friday night uh, in my neighborhood bar and grill, Jackrabbit Slim. So we got some uh, some Facebook and Twitter invites out there for everyone there. And uh, also be tailgating around downtown Denver on Saturday, hopefully after a Nebraska victory. How's that sound, guys? Can't wait. I think we yeah. can make that work. Yeah, it should be a good time. It should be a real good time. Absolutely. Uh, all right, guys. Well, um, we got a victory on Saturday, huh? Right. It happened. <laughs> Boy, did we need uh, that. It looked like the world right. was going to end. Uh, that prediction almost was close uh, early in the third quarter after Tanner Lee's third pick six. And uh, I believe that was ninth INT in in his last three games. But um, in a high. potentially... Has anyone told him not to do that? <laughs> Apparently uh, that's uh, has not got to him. He missed the office memo and not throwing pick sixes. Um, but uh, in a potentially a season-saving drive, uh, a few minutes later, uh, the Husker offense went 97 yards and uh, uh, capped with a, a touchdown. Uh, got the lead back, and uh, thankfully uh, the uh, Rutgers uh, Scarlet Knights did not pose any additional opposition. Guys, uh, initial takes uh, on the game uh, last week? Hockey? Well, you know, I'll never make excuses for anything uh, with this team, but I will say, I don't care if it's Rutgers or not, uh, it wasn't pretty, but we won that without our two best offensive skill players, Bryant and Morgan. We had two starting offensive linemen who were brand new to, to starting there. We had a secondary that's still missing Chris Jones. Kalu, Aaron Williams is out right away with that targeting call. And so, you know, you think through all that and you see a little bit of improvement. I, it's a win. I, I'll take it. And I think there's something to build off of that. So we've kind of said this before. I know there's a coach down at Central Florida right now that, that won a game. But 
we're not into speculating on who the next head coach is right now on the Redcast because we have a head coach and we're supporting him and the team right now, and we want to have this this season be a success still. And so it's early. We're one and zero. The last I saw, we're on top of the West uh, Division, and and that's a good place to be right now. On to Champaign, and let's get that second win. Well said, Honk. Uh, Mac, Boomer, anything else to kind of overall thoughts on the the performance? Well, the beauty of uh, losing to Northern Illinois is now it just, all we have to do is win. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to look good. All we have to do is scratch out wins for the rest of the season. So, at that respect, you know, I'm I'm glad we got one done. Uh, Progress, probably some. You know, hard to say. But uh, the defense looks like it's it's starting to find its rhythm a little bit. The offense, you know, again, we're seeing flashes. But uh, uh, consistency will, until we have that as our hallmark, it's going to be hard to say what the what the season's going to do. But there's 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 lim- like little flashes of light. Yeah, you know, the Red Cast gets results, and Boomer, you call that DPE in the past, and uh, he produced finally. Finally, yeah, and again, that just illustrates the importance of special teams. I mean, how critical was that? return at that point setting us up giving that offense a short field to work with giving us that easy touchdown I mean that was a critical point of the game and I I hope to see him continue this further I mean he had that one good return and hopefully it'll start getting his head back on right and in the right direction absolutely we're gonna need every every uh opportunity uh we can to to pull out as many victories as possible DP uh warming up the return game is going to be a big part of that Scoring Explosion, the offensive breakdown. All right, guys, let's uh, head right into the offensive breakdown with Scoring Explosion. Uh, I don't know if it was a scoring explosion necessarily, but we did get 27 points on the board. Um, so we're, we're trending in the right direction there. And, you know, the second half was definitely a different uh, plan of attack than we had seen against Northern Illinois and somewhat in the first half where it was a run-heavy approach. I'm sure Honky are excited about the the run-pass ratio. Uh, I feel was, like that's something that we're going to see more often going forward? Well, I hope. I mean, it, it makes it really hard to predict games because I can. I feel really confident in saying right now that if we run for 200 or more yards, we're going to win a football game. And I feel really confident in saying if we throw it for 40 or more times, we're going to lose it. I just, I'm going off of the history, and we have a large enough sample size now to be able to say that kind of clearly. So I like what I saw on on, on Saturday. I, I thought, you know, at Zigba, I called for it the first two games. You know, why wasn't he able to even get on the field for a couple of plays? Clearly what he's been able to show here in this last game and even in the game before that where he got one carry for eight yards, the guy can play. We need the, we need those those snaps. And... You know, that's something that it, it's something to build off of now. Now we've got a Zigbo and Wilbon playing. Uh, we, I think we can still sit Brian out this weekend. This is a game we've just got to get through Illinois, and we need to be healthy by the time that we come back and play Wisconsin at 7 o'clock. Well, I'm not going to give give Bryant the week off if we if he's healthy. I, I, I don't want to take a chance versus an Illinois team on our Friday night in Champaign. It's going to be crazy there, I'm certain. But uh, Well, I'll say this. I, you know, with Bradley stepping up and Wilbon and Ozigbo, I mean, that's, sure, I'm, sure. I'm really pleased with that running back spot. And, and Bryant, the one thing I think we know, and Mac, maybe you can you can follow up on this if you agree or not. The one I like Ozigbo and I like Wilbon and I like Bradley. 
I think Bryant is a difference maker from those three. And having him healthy and ready to go in our big games that are coming up with Wisconsin and Ohio State, I think is is crucial. So I think sure, we, can get sure. through, I, we can get through Illinois without him. I would do it. Yeah, point well taken, I guess, in the sense that if the coaching staff continues this workhorse mentality, now it's a little bit more split this week between the three backs. So, But I, I'd like to see if you could just get Trey Bryant back and he does 10 or 15 carries and doesn't, you know, uh, let's go ahead and, and get him back in there. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Mac, uh, your your thoughts on the offense? I, yeah, get, Trey Bryant would be Trey Bryant would be a blessing to get back at this point. But right now, the other guys are playing pretty well, and I feel like um, I'm kind of with Honky on this in terms of I I really want him as healthy as he can be for the stretch here that we're going to need him for, as opposed to. I don't, obviously I can't say we were looking past anybody because we because of our record, but I'd like to think with Trey and Mikel, or excuse me, with uh, Will Bond and Divine and and with Bradley that we should be able to get through Illinois, you know. But um, but yeah, I, I I want him as healthy as he can be going forward. Same with Stanley. Same with all these guys. You know, these are these should be games that we should be able to win. All we have to do is execute really well. And we should beat these guys. You know, if we're playing like idiots, it won't matter who's starting. Yeah, if you know, if we're mean, not blocking, it's not going to matter who's back there. So, all right. um, yeah. Well, so before I throw it over to Boomer, because I, Boomer, I want you to, to maybe uh, tackle this from the more program perspective of how the coaching staff will, will think about one game at a time or, or not here. Because it sounds like Honky and Mac are like, hey, we, we should be able to throttle Illinois. Uh, Mac, you talked about execution there. I mean, and the second half was better, but there was some ugly football on that offensive side of the ball in the first half again. Uh, uh, in that first drive, actually, after the pick six in the, in the third quarter was another really awful, awful sequence of, of plays. I mean, is it? I mean, the play calling seems to be off. There seems to be some certain individuals. I think Honky you called out uh, Tyler Hoppus is just someone who's been uh, making some pretty bonehead errors. Uh, how do they start executing on a more regular basis here, and and they need to do it really soon? Well, I'll tell you what, I think Matt's honky. I think you're on to something with the tight ends, too. I was watching that game a little bit closer, and, you know, as much as we as we line up in that three tight end set, we're really relying on those guys to block, and they're not really coming through that frequently. You know what I mean? It seems like that's that's I been a real you. weak spot in our blocking scheme and not a particularly bright spot in our passing game. And I I kind of felt like another drop. Yeah, I kind of felt like coming out of fall or out of fall ball that they were saying that tight end had been in kind of a sneaky position of strength, but I haven't seen it yet. Um and it, for us to kind of advance and move forward, either we're going to have to start using different personnel groupings or they're going to have to get better at doing it. Because right, and these guys are the uh, better than Matt Snyder and some of the other young guys. But you, too, you know, right? the problem I mean, is they're all about the same kind of frame. We don't have any big guys. You know, they're all kind of that long, lean, pass reception type bodies. No graders. I mean, you know, Ben Cotton. Who would have thought maybe his size would come in handy? But but I will say this. You know, a yeah. guy like Cameron Jurgens. You know, for a while there, I thought maybe he'd be better on defense, just the way his body seems to be growing. But with this offense, the way they want to do stuff, a guy like him on offense blocking for you could be a big, a big huge help. Um, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, we've we've talked about you know execution and and that word has become so 
overused, I think, at this point. And that, you know, I've, I've focused a lot on the run pass ratio, and I can be called run the damn ball guy, but I, there's just too many stats and too many instances where I can mention that running the ball seems to be better for us. And that second half that we did so well, Dave, 20 of our last 22 plays were running the ball. Uh, in that yeah. first half, that didn't look very good. We had 11 straight non catches. <laughs> and I say non catches because the ball was caught twice. It just wasn't by us. Um, yeah. during that. That's not a good stretch. And so, and there's a lot of reasons behind it. If you've been watching the, the Redcast on Twitter, we've been doing video breakdowns of games. And so this week, and Matt kind, awesome. Matt kind of called me out on it. I This wasn't intentional, but I didn't include like an actual good completion or pass play. And it wasn't, it wasn't like I wasn't trying to. I just, I was trying to focus on oh, some other things. subconsciously, we know. Honky but, Sports News, um, fair having and balanced. Said that, <laughs> having said that, we, we have some sets that we like to run the ball out of. And, and there's that 12 personnel, which that's one back and two tight ends, and that's where they get bunched into a side. And we have some strange blocking sequences where we will have a tight end blocking a defensive lineman and in this case, uh, there was a play where Ketter, who's our biggest tight end, 6'5", 245, 250-ish, he's blocking a guy who's 310 pounds. And the 310-pound guy throws him aside and has a one-on-one chance to get Wilbon. And to Wilbon's credit, he breaks out of the tackle, does a little spin move, gets about three yards. But the point is, just from a scheme perspective, I looked at that and I go, that is that who we want blocking that guy? Like, And that right, happened in yeah. multiple plays. So I think that's something to look at. And, again, it makes the whole – it makes everything look bad. It makes execution look bad, and that's in the running game. There's an example of a running game play that doesn't look good. But I'm looking at it going, do we have the right guy blocking the right guy on that kind of play? There's a, there was a play where um, they did a stunt. The defense did a stunt. The DN came down, and he took out three of our linemen. He took out Gates, Foster, and the center all in one play, and the nose tackle just ran right around him. I'm pretty sure Gates is supposed to pick him up on that play. doesn't. And the nose tackle runs right into Bradley, our freshman running back, right at the line of scrimmage. Bradley breaks out of it and gets about seven yards. Again, those are all on our Twitter feed. Go and look at those videos in the, in the breakdown. But the point is, I mean, you, it, it's bad execution. It's every bit as bad as when I complain about a passing mistake. It's, yeah. You just can't, you can't do it. I mean, one, a defensive end takes out three line, offensive linemen. Not good. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Max said there's some, you know, some – bright spots of hope but I mean if you take the game as a whole the offense still had a lot of a lot of issues and you can call it what it is it was just bad football at times mm-hmm. um, but we were able to get through and 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 maybe that that run pass ratio that we saw in the third and fourth quarters is a, mm-hmm. a solution boomer I mean you know is this coaching staff uh, gonna gonna see their own light and 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 actually commit to the run here um, or do you think that was just a flash in the pain and we're gonna throw the four 40 times against Illinois. Well, if uh, <laughs> past results are any indication of the future, that's that's a big concern. Uh, we've seen this before, whether it's the bowl game yep. against UCLA or the opening game against Fresno State, where they do seem to commit to the whole run-the-ball mentality, and it works. And for whatever reason, they abandon it at some point going for, you know, games in the future. I never quite understand why. That will be one big thing, I think, with having Trey Bryant back. For whatever reason, it looks like Langsdorf is way more comfortable calling running plays when he's there. So I think if we have him back, that will be a a big help in looking for that more run-heavy offense that we've kind of been, I think, all asking for a little bit. Maybe not run-heavy. One thing I was – one thing I was looking forward watching the game was how often we would run the ball if it was uh, like second and seven or 
or more because it seems like if it's third and six or less, Langsdorf thinks that's a manageable third down, and he's fine with that. But if we don't pick up a couple yards, uh, more than a few yards on that first running play, <laughs> yeah. you're almost guaranteed to see two passes. And that I think he might have broke out of that once, but he was running uh, successfully on first down, and so it made it a lot easier for the play call because he could run on second because it was second and four or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, Hunk? I think one of the most frustrating drives for me was, I think it was right at the end of the first half, and it's when Rutgers goes for it at the at midfield and they gift wrapped it to us at the we got the ball at the forty nine yard line, and we turn around and we go pass in completion, run it for like four yards, and we had three timeouts by the way, so there's two minutes left in the first half, and at the very least, you know we should have total control of the clock, and and Illinois should or Rutgers shouldn't even get the ball back, but instead we go incompletion, run for four yards. And then we throw that deep ball down the side, and it was to, to Gabron, perfect throw, and a dropped catch. Bad execution, but we yep. end up punting the ball back to them with a minute 12. That was kind of the Oregon recipe for disaster where we kept the, we just kept giving the other team possessions. Now against Rutgers, that doesn't kill you. But against good offenses, that hurts you. And that's one of those examples. It's like there's two minutes left. You could just run the ball. You've got three timeouts. And, you know, play the play the game a little bit here. You know, we... And no one wants to throw incompletions, but when you're in the middle of throwing 11 of them, at some point you got to kind of maybe take a little bit different uh, approach. That play, though, with Ron, and I talked with uh, Mac about this yesterday, and I focus on this on one of the plays on Twitter. Ron, later on, the first play of that 17-play drive, the first play is a run out of that bunch set, and Ron does a great job blocking. He, he Outstanding. Here's the problem. If he's not good in receiving in the receiving game, if he's dropping balls, that's one of those telltale signs just by alignment. If he's on the field, teams start bringing, you know, sure. rush blitzes. The, um, uh, Rutgers was bringing cat blitzes. The corners were coming when certain receivers were on the field. That I'm not blaming Langsdorf there, by the way. Guys have to step up. You know, guys like Stanley Morgan have to become better in the run blocking game. Guys like Ron have to become better in the, the, the pass receiving game as a receiver. Running backs have to become better at, at, at some of their weaknesses so that when they get on the field, it's not giving away something to the defense. There's nothing that Langsdorf can do about that. You know, I mean, if he... Sure. So, uh, I mean, Hockey, you, you've uh, been a strong and a vocal uh, uh, on the fact that we had plenty of wide receiver depth at the beginning of the year. Um, oh, I was wrong. We were... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Hunky wrong, wrong in the podcast. You're dropping passes like that. We don't have it, we, apparently. You know, I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? I mean, we were missing Stanley Morgan, uh, and uh, Brian Reimers was out. I don't know what the story was on that. but he was, And so, really, we had DPE, uh, Lindsey, J.D. Spillman's actually might be our best wide receiver practically right now, uh, and, and Ron. Yeah, and that, so they had four guys, right? And when I when I joke about us not having depth there, I mean even Morgan's dropping passes. There, are, sure. Th- there's not. I'm not just picking on the the, the walk on kid there. I mean, you mentioned Spielman. He's probably been our most consistent wide receiver. Mac, I don't know. Do you do you kind of agree there? Or is, you know, Lindsey hasn't gotten really deep into the pass. Oh, uh, you know, really no one's hasn't. no one's shined consistently in the passing game. Period. You know that um, Spielman's turning himself into. Becoming a pretty reliable little playmaker on uh, on not just his returns, but his his passing game. You know, him in the passing game is becoming a bigger, bigger weapon each week. Um, I tell you what, though, I, I you know this game kind of showed me a little more Tanner Lee 
And I didn't fall in love with the more that I saw necessarily. And what I'm learning or, or feel like we're learning yeah. about him is it is it is very important that we can run the ball because he's he's got a little I don't know if it's Jay Cutler or whatever. He's really seemed to be impressed with his arm and can fit it into spots that maybe he shouldn't. And and frankly, he's got it in there a few times and we still drop it. But the point is, we've got to be smarter with the ball. Yeah, we've got to be better about taking the little check down plays. If he could just do that, when he does that, I think that this will be when the, when the offense really turns the corner. If he doesn't wait more than that half count and then check down to the back, it, it'll change the entire offense. But... Until that happens, I feel like this this passing offense, this whole offense, is just clunky and slow, and and you know it's it's there's so much relying on building off the other. I find it to be difficult, or at least it seems to be difficult to execute with any kind of efficiency so far. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not super thrilled. Well, Mac, yeah, I mean, Mac, you're if not, you look at you're not wrong, Mac. Go ahead, Honk. We have 17 incompletions a game right now. That's what we're averaging. That's 116th in the country. So. And that's not wow. all on Lee. It's not all on the line. It's not all on the receivers. It's on everyone. There's a reason for every one of those incompletions, but at the end of the day, it just that makes it ugly. Now, having said all that, now that we got all the gloomy stuff out of the way, there are some positive things that have happened with this this offense in the last game. And really, tell us well, more. You know, Ozigbo went out there and went from being you know suspended darn near to having 24 carries for 101 yards. Allegedly. That was great. We, we can't confirm. Allegedly. <laughs> he also, in, again, I keep fr- uh, focusing on some of our Twitter plays that we that we highlight, but there's a blitz pickup. You've got to see. We have it on one of the videos. Great blitz pickup. It was actually on a deep, incomplete pass, but the point is it was great protection. He picked up a blitzer, and it was just perfect. So that's a, that's a, a highlight. I thought all three running backs, and, I, and just a little bit ago I highlighted some of our blocking scheme errors, I think. But those running backs ran hard, every one of them. I, I had to rewatch the game to realize, again, how well Bradley ran as a true freshman out there. He took some hits in the backfield and spun out of them. Good for him. Yeah, he's really aggressive. Wilbon ran hard. I like how he yeah, runs. Yeah, I was so impressed there. And you know what? Here's, a, here's something that maybe doesn't get talked enough about, too. We've had all the same offensive line injuries that we had last year, but we're just a year further in the system with better depth, and we're just a year better off. I mean, the to have a guy like Hymas uh, uh, be able to come in and be your third string right tackle, to be able to have Decker step in there after the injuries. We're still not playing Bo Wilson yet, as far as I know, and he was talked about a right. year ago as being a guy that could be playing. There's just depth that simply wasn't there a year ago. So, again, progress. Did anybody else uh, know that it was Hymas as the pronunciation? I, I swear to God I was going to call him James or something. and They totally had me on that one. It caught me earlier in the when he was recruited, but I did the same thing. <laughs> you know, there's something else that came out of that game too, and we talk about the uh, the the 17 play, you know, 97 yard drive, but we also had that first big drive that came off of their first touchdown right away. So we yeah. had some answers, and I think that's that's important for building confidence. There were a couple times where we went the length of the field, and and you have to do that time and time again. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word I can't believe I'm gonna do it. We were balanced. That 17-play drive, I, I wanted to, to rub it in your guys' face. I wanted to show you how we ran it 14 times. We didn't. We ran it nine. We had eight passes. Right. Um, 41 of our 97 yards were, in the, were running it. So, obviously, 56 were passing. So, it is balanced. Now, today, Riley talked about how we need to throw the ball more. Uh, for more, uh, we need to have more better yards. balance. 
And I yeah. immediately I sent you guys a snarky text about, oh my gosh, you know he was he want balance for you know we we had a good a good run pass ratio. And then I listened to his his uh, press conference and he was very clear. He goes, we threw it twenty six times. And he goes, that's we, I don't know that we have to throw it any more than that. We just have to be more efficient, throw it better when we are throwing it. So I love that. I love everything I hear. My only fear is when I hear something I like out of Riley. It tends to be the next week we don't do it. So next week we are going to come out and throw it. <laughs> the legs don't refuse something completely different. Yeah, we're going right? to throw it 45 times, and anyone that shows up at the, uh, the Redcast watch party is going to see Honky go off his, go off his rocker because you know, we're throwing it so much. <laughs> That's but, well worth any cover charge to a bar, by the way. So. Well, yeah, it's true. And, and you take everything he says is, you know, carved in and granite, promised. You Mo's promised me, Matthew Honky. A third-ranked rushing offense in the Big Ten. <laughs> it's just that promise. It's just that nothing, no. <laughs> nothing happens. That no, almost but listen, nothing happens. We're not the top. Obviously, three the goals. And the, I always feel like the goals are kind of a result of a well, a well-played game. You know what I mean? If you're playing good, you're going to probably be leading the other team in rushing. You know, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a result of good football. Is what we're talking about this balance and running. I, sure. Just to put a number on it and say I'm going to run 25, 30 times and, and expect that to be a, a recipe if those plays aren't successful doesn't make any sense. Well, but then you're not hitting your goal though either. Osborne used to say, "Hey, I want to have one and a half guys knocked Matt, down on every play." I don't want to compare these oh two my, teams. No, don't, it's don't, not comparable. Don't, I'm not going. Let's not I'm do not that. going to compare that. When I'm, Osborne said. Matt, 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 settle down. It's okay. I'm not, it's okay I'm to, not excited. It's okay to I'm just talk not, about I'm, when we... I'm actually bored with that. No, because you're bored I don't... with the wrong conversation. What I'm saying is what he used to do was he would set goals and the team would try to meet them. I don't care what the goal was, if it was run or pass. It was, we think that if we hit these goals, we will win games because of that. Right. Riley sets goals that never get met. So, hey, we don't want to throw the ball for 40 or more times. That was a goal coming into this season. We want to run the ball... Or if you run the ball 94% more and have less turnovers, you're going to win the game. Those are goals, and we don't meet our goals. Those are his goals. I'm yeah, not and setting then they, them. And then we lose. I'm not setting them, and we lose. So, yeah, if you— Right, because they didn't meet their goals. That's how goals work, though, man. Yeah, so, but, That's the whole idea. But you make it sound like You know, like if you can get to this, you'll probably win. You make it sound like they're it's not It's not important. a broken promise, though. Well, I guess you can call yeah, it a broken promise. It's a result promise. of bad I'm football. Saying, I'm saying that he tells us something that's important for them to do, and they don't do it. So I'm, today, he said it's important that they throw the ball bare. They don't have to throw it It's more. not that they failed, right, Honky? It's that you don't think they, they even tried to achieve that because of the play calling or or some other thing, right? It's, it's not the actual end result that they failed is you're laying blame to them. You're really laying blame because they didn't even execute a game plan that allowed them sure. to, to I mean, yeah, we uh, come run out, more than the other team, we right? That's, say, that's God, we look ugly. We don't know what we're doing. Well, sure, if you don't. If, if you have a goal going into the game and then you have no intention or you completely go away from it right away and now you're just in la-la land of running or passing or doing whatever you want to do, yeah, it might end up looking really, really poor. I mean, yeah. there is a, and there then, is a To reason. Max's point. There's a value of saying, are you good at doing something? Because when, you, when you're not good at doing something, when you're just trying to do a bunch of everything and each week, this week we're going to be good at running 40 times and this week we're going to be good at passing 40 times, you're probably not going to be good at either at the end of the day. You probably won't. Yeah, I I understand. And to to Max's point, though, uh, from the passing game, 
the lack of execution, I know you hate the word, but the lack of execution is is leading for, to a lack of production, right? Leads 13 of 26 for 100 and some yards. Sure. I mean, he can't be throwing 50%. And that's, again, to your point, it's not just Lee there. There's drop passes, there's lack of blocking, et cetera. But that passing game, if it's going to be more successful just from a production standpoint, it has to work at a more efficient sure. so level, here I'm, right? i'll throw out a farce here because you know i can be called run the damn ball guy for all i don't care but you also have pass the damn ball from from behind guy that you hear about him all the time of course we threw it 50 times because we were from we <laughs> were not from naming names here are you? i mean <laughs> you know, hey we were, we were from we, behind we had to pass the ball we the had ball. to pass the ball well well if we're getting behind because we're passing the ball and if we're incompleting 11 or not catching 11 straight or for we're, we're 116th in the country with 17 incompletions a game i'm just saying maybe passing the ball from behind isn't the way to get back into the game maybe that's what's causing us to fall behind so again though matt that's issue like versus topic that happened a game i don't know if that's you know it's just it's all relative a game, though mac. He's it only, depends on how big you're only, down and how what time of the game it happens oh my gosh mac Mac, we've thrown it for 40-plus times against poor teams in the three years that we've had Riley. And I only have four games to, to I know, go off of and this two of those with were with Lee. Riker Fife, right? Yeah, well, and two of the games this year that we've thrown it for that much, we've had Lee throwing it for that much, and they haven't been our best. Right, and I remember one of those times there was 40 points in the first half by the other team. Yeah, My point four, is, you keep saying that, like, this is always their strategy. My guess is, what? Four turnovers, all interceptions in that same game, that 42 points. Yeah. And I mentioned right. it earlier. We gave them, we gave Oregon more possessions by throwing picks to them. So we were giving a team that, w- that could beat us with, with having more possessions. We gave them the ball more often by having a bad passing offense. Against Rutgers at the end of the first no half, we gave, them, we gave them an extra possession. Rutgers at the end of the first half, it didn't come back to hurt us because it's Rutgers, but we still gave it to him. That's not a good offensive scheme. We had two minutes left with three timeouts. At the very least, they should never touch that I'm ball. I'm not arguing that giving the other team the football is a good offensive scheme. I'm saying you're making it sound like every time we're down, we just turn into throw the football guy. And I'm just saying a couple of those times we were down by a fair amount. It's fair. It's, it doesn't matter. It wasn't like we were throwing the ball well or running the ball well in those games. So whatever. I mean, we could have ran the ball a whole bunch more. Divine, in his limited time this year, has already put the ball on the ground once. Sure, so sure. Everybody run the football guy. We've been waiting on Divine. He's not a fumbler. Well, yeah. whatever. You know, he didn't lose it. That's fine. And it didn't and turn we, into six We have points. not lost a fumble yet this year. So that's yeah, going to eventually five happen. fumbles and we haven't yeah. lost any of them. And that's been no, good Jesus, because we've lost like, you know, plenty of other part, things. That's the, old, that's the old saying of when you throw the football, there's only one good thing that can happen. When you fumble the football, you can still land on it. It's not a guaranteed turnover. When you run the ball, there's less things that can happen bad compared to when you're throwing the ball. And you can control. All right, the guys. All right, all it's right. It's risk reward. So, it's always risk all right, reward. All right. Well, we're going to continue having this rest of the year. I think the run pass ratio is something we're going to track very closely. Uh, Boomer, you try to jump in there. Anything else uh, no, before I, I close just this out? No, just waiting for you to jinx us there horribly, Dave, by not losing a fumble yet this year. So now we're going to oh pull an Iowa State against Illinois and drop it like four times on the ground. So oh, Dave, I want all the Redcasters to look straight at Dave if this happens. At least he's not going. Right, to I'll game. take the blame. You're right. It's going to happen at some point though, so I, I can't take all the blame. But throw the bones, the defensive breakdown. And next on the Go Big Redcast, we are throwing the bones, our defensive breakdown against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. 
uh, guys, uh, looks like Bobby D's crew's really starting to come into come into form here. Uh, I think they've only given up about what 13 points a, a home game right now, or something like that. If you exclude all those pick sixes that are coming from the offensive hmm. side of the ball, um, what are you seeing out of this three-four defense that's evolving over the last couple of games, Honky? Well, yeah, you, you mentioned the last couple of games. Really, it's been the last 10 quarters. They've given up less than 600 total yards and 17 points total. Uh, at home so far in those three games that we played at home, we've given up 70 points, and only 40 of them are given up by the defense. So, I mean, there is some progress that's being made, no doubt, on that defense. We're starting to get some pressure. We're starting to get some some picks, you know, and and so I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of good things. I'm also starting to see some new faces out there, uh, Ben Stilley. Uh, yeah, Ashland, awesome. Nebraska boy. He was getting out there and and making some. Would you call him Hunk, the Ashland assassin? The Ashland assassin. He is out there. I like so, it. And and what I really like too is you know we gave up sixty eight yards in this game and I you know I don't care who you're doing that against. That's or sixty eight yards rushing. I mean I don't care who you're doing that against. That's really good. And um, yeah. And so that's you know if we keep doing that, if we keep making that kind of improvement, we're going to be in in most every game as long as we're not throwing a bunch of pick sixes along the way. Compared to what Rutgers was doing, uh, compare that to, uh, say, Wisconsin in a couple of weeks, uh, Mac or, or Boomer or Honk, anybody jump on this one. Do you feel it just uh, Wisconsin because they're going to be that much more physically dominant on the offensive line, et cetera, they're going to have better success? Or do you see things in the 3-4 from a run defense perspective where we should be able to match up against some of these power run games in the Big Ten pretty well. I wonder about that a little bit. Uh, Wisconsin runs a 3-4 themselves, so this isn't going to be anything they're unfamiliar with seeing when it comes to practicing. So that's that's going to be the big question going forward. I, the defense has improved these last few weeks. They certainly look better, a little more organized. Although, unfortunately, these teams we have played are towards the bottom of the rankings for offensive output in, in you know, FBS football currently. Illinois is going to be the worst so far that we've played, so they're really? 19th or something. Yeah, they have terrible yeah. offensive numbers. Well, yeah, granted, some, some, of, the, some nice. of the Rutgers and the and the Northern Illinois stats are thanks to Diaco's defense, so you can, you know, take some pride in that. So, But I'll be more, more interested to see, can they, you know, keep this up against Illinois, and then the big test is in two weeks against Wisconsin. So Yeah, I like, I like how our defensive line Mac. has been playing a lot. Um, gives me a little hope for going into games like Wisconsin too, and I and I like that we've got bigger guys up front. Mick Mick has really done a good job. He's done an excellent job um, of standing his guy up and keeping one hand free and moving along with the ball and keeping and as we as we do the run fits down the line. I feel like our defensive line has gotten a lot more aggressive. Either they're either they're letting the chains off of these guys, or they're just getting better at what they're doing. And then um, to see guys like Gifford flashing all over the place. I mean, that guy, he's, he's fast becoming, you know, one of the most yeah, important players on defense. He's all over the place. Um, guys stepping like, excuse me, like uh, Antonio Reed. And then uh, losing Williams so early in the game and having, it was kind of a luxury, you know, having a former starter being your third you know your third option and Karen Williams and he came in he played yeah. pretty well too so Kieran, yeah d- yeah yeah whereas you can see kind of a trend and sort of a progress line with the defense you know it's kind of the opposite on on offense but we talked about this last week we might need to ride these guys out for a while as we sort of write the ship on offense and as good as they played these last couple of weeks there's tons of room for improvement you know we're by no means playing great ball you know so 
yeah exactly so there's a if they just get healthy that might there's even there's make a, a it's such right? it's such a hard team to love you don't know you kind of want to cuddle this team and at the same time you're like ah oh, but one side's so prickly but i like <laughs> how the defense i would be in i would be ecstatic about the defense if i wasn't so bummed out about the offense right now you know what i mean but it's it, it's it's holding my my yeah my uh, yeah. elation sure back. So, and you know, I'm not going to get those answers against Illinois either. But but there oh, are yeah. a lot of guys playing defense, and I, and it's fun to watch us play good defense. Man, it's it's satisfying to go out there and and a lot of hats to the yeah, ball. It's been a while, I've seen huh? That a ton. So um, yeah, I mean, I get excited about it. it I, I'd be more excited if we stop scoring points for the other team on offense. I guess you know. <laughs> it does help our defensive numbers, though. So there's that, yeah. and. The other positive, though, from the defense, they actually were able to generate some takeaways, too. I mean, we had, what, two yep. interceptions against Rutgers? That's, you know, That's right. balances out the two we threw, so we weren't finally minus two or three in the turnover the category. Turnover. So we, that's something plus, yeah. And we had an INT touchdown return, although we had the block in the back, which you'd think we'd be better in practice blocking for <laughs> interception returns. I'm shocked, unless, unless we're not going, you know, live on live, I guess. But there was a nice two-play sure. drive at the end of the first half that it, what got us the ball at the 49-yard line for that last two-minute possession where on third and one and fourth and one, two safeties made plays. Kieran Williams ran in and, and made the tackle on the third and one, and then Antonio Reed makes the tackle on the fourth and one. Those are two guys that, that they're not the starters, you know, and yeah. they're stepping up and making plays. I mean, that's, that's a really positive thing to see as Kalu starts to come back. I'm at a point with Kalu where if he gets back healthy, there's still potential he could play some corner if Reed yeah. – it's hard to take Reed off the field. I was just going to say that because how are you going to take Reed off the field right now? The guy's just everywhere with Gifford, both those guys. Mm-hmm. And I just can't see Reed and he's just such a good folding back in the second, size too. second team you know, right now. He's a 6'2", 220 guy. He's a big yeah. hitter. He's the kind of guy you want out there. They're starting to figure out a little bit in this 3-4 kind of who personnel-wise should go into certain spots. And for, and two guys that really have struggled in their position to start the season, it's that Alex Davis, um, Cedric yeah. King kind of stand-up position. I'll, I'll give an yep. example here. There's a two-play series in the second quarter uh, where you know we've given up 68 yards in the entire game rushing, and 20 of them came on a two plays. One of them, uh, the D end, was Deshaun Neal, and he was double-teamed, and he was taken back 10 yards and just ran over. They got about 13 yards. On another one, right. the, the exact next play, they run it up the gut. There's nowhere to go. It's trapped. And um, Cedric King runs to the side and just whiffs on the tackle, just doesn't make it. I mean, And there's nowhere for the running back to go. That's 20 yards right there. And that I don't want to make too much out of 20 yards, but, again, when your entire defense gave up 68 on the entire game, that's that's a, a huge percentage of what, what they and did. And that's the, the cat position, is that right? Correct. And so now and you're starting – And is that who – who Stilly was filling in for then? Was he on that side then? Yes, I believe so. Game? Stilly starts playing some more of that. And then you're I starting like to see Gifford in certain scenarios. He's at least putting a hand on the ground. So I don't know if that means Cat or – but so, you know, they're moving guys around. Or as we just mentioned, Reed has identified himself as a guy that's going to be hard to get off the field. So maybe he stays on the field and Kalu moves around a bit. I mean, they're starting to find some options, and that's really good. Now, Dave, you mentioned at the very beginning of this, how are we going to do against an offense like Wisconsin? And the one thing I am not concerned about in the slightest bit, and I have no reason to be concerned about it, is our defensive line for a couple of reasons. They performed really well this year, but also 
they performed really well, I thought, last year. They've held up against Wisconsin's offensive line already. Sure. Once. You know, and so I, I'm not concerned about how how they'll hold up against the big offensive line from Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin will hit us differently than what Rutgers tried to. They will get under center more. They'll do some eye formation more than what we saw against Rutgers, and they'll run right at us, and they'll get that tight end Fumagalli involved. I mean, that's that's what Wisconsin will try to do. But I think that we'll be able to hold up pretty well with our D-line. I'd be really surprised if Wisconsin you know, went out and, and ran for – any more yards on us than they did against BYU, which was about 230 yards on 49 carries. That's what they did to BYU. I'd be I'd be really surprised if they got any more than wow any more than that. Certainly against us. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Anything else uh, defensive guys uh, you saw? I mean, any other guys that uh, really stood out? I mean, Lamar Jackson. We've criticized him a bit. It seemed like he might have. Uh, Played a little bit better of a yeah. game uh, on Saturday. Other other uh, guys you want to call out? Um, oh, yay or nay? I think Weber. Weber is making oh, yeah. some plays, and he, and he blitzed in there one time. Got his hands up. We're seeing balls getting knocked down. That's real positive to see. So, um, you know, just, we're bringing a lot more pressure on third down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Conky, you called that at the beginning of the year. It's like you know, if we can get it in third and long. We're going to do a lot more creative stuff on third down, and that was definitely the case on Saturday, and it paid off. We we definitely the Davis kept boys him in are, check. A lot of getting to be pretty mouth. destructive too. I'm I'm starting, to, you know, they're they're showing a little ability yep. to get yeah. to get through that line of scrimmage, and I I got to tell you, I've, I've been impressed with how how Stoltenberg has a uh, has held up down there. You know, there was concerns he was mm-hmm. too tall, too big for you know to play that nose position, and and granted, we haven't really faced the real mashers yet. But uh, but he's getting good practice and he's showing up. You know they're they're all playing a lot better. I mean they have all improved. Everybody like there hasn't been a part of the defense that I can say yep. I think has taken a step back since week one. So that's a good sign. Yeah. All right, good stuff. And hey, good stuff. special teams wise, Pearsonell. Yeah, it's, he got the big punt return. So boomer. Yeah, you call him out and he drops the sixty some yards. Uh, you know, anything else on special teams worth note? No, again, Lightborn's punting still been solid. Uh, kickoffs were good. Didn't have any arguments there. Two field goals yep, made. Two field goals, nothing blocked, so that was a good thing there. And, uh, again, just got to get that consistent punt return going. So that'll that'll most, make everything so much most easier. Most consistent special teams game, Mike? Uh, in a long time, that's for sure. So. I'd yeah. say, I would say in a yeah. long time. Yeah. Not just this year. There's but no mistakes, per se. Everything was pretty spot on. You have the one big play you're just looking for from the special teams. That's a recipe for success from that that part of the yeah. the team, I, no doubt. They had a pretty good punter too. Yeah, I, I texted you guys after that second punt, and I and I was happy with DPE, even though the first two punt returns yielded almost nothing. I was oh, happy how catches, aggressively yeah. he was catching the ball, and if he keeps doing that, he will just eventually make some plays because of it. As we saw on the on the long punt return, there wasn't some great blocked hole. He just created a hole, and and got two blocks from yeah. that Jeremiah Stovall, by the way. And that Stovall kid, that's that's someone. There's a little walk on that. He had a big hit, I think, on a kickoff return, and he had some blocks on the punt. Yeah, on that punt return there. That you know, that's a kid that's you know trying to make a name for himself. Yeah, he's doing it too, no doubt. All right, guys. It would be cool if this was one of those years because everybody got hurt in the middle that we we use this time to build some depth and then we come back at full strength and we've got all this depth and experience and it just steamrolls into this 
Unbelievable winning streak. That's, that's where my head is. Anybody else thinking that? <laughs> I, I'm right there. Anybody else Mac, thinking that I'm right happen? there. Hey, I'm going to set a goal, and that goal is that we are going to be <laughs> we're gonna be ten and two at the end of this season. We're going to be West champs. That's that's the goal I'm setting right now. Yeah. Well, Riley might need that uh, to keep his job, but um, that would be pretty pretty impressive. And hey, hey, they they got one in the books uh, on Saturday. They got another one, uh, another opportunity on Friday. You got to just. Look at it that way, and if this defense keeps on playing where they are, uh, we're going to be in those games, even if the offense continues to struggle, because we're not going to give up a lot of points. So you never know. Sometimes all you then need is a, a punt return or a kick return to uh, to win the game. I mean, look at the uh, how close that Penn State-Iowa game was uh, last Saturday, and that turned on just a few key plays. So You're listening to the Go Big Redcast, and now... Scarlet colored glasses. And next on the Go Big Redcast is Scarlet Colored Glasses. That's all things Husker program. But first, Boomer, trivia. Trivia time. All right. Uh, this week we've got a uh, Friday game uh, coming off a short week. Uh, so good job there, Icorse, with the scheduling. But uh, that notwithstanding, uh, well, this is a Friday game during the regular season. So the trivia question this week for you is in the history of Nebraska football, when is the last time we've lost a non-Saturday game that wasn't Thanksgiving weekend or a bowl game? Wow. That is that is one tough question. <laughs> yeah, this turned out to be harder than as, I anticipated. As yeah. Honky, Honky actually tries to think about this, and, and Mac just laughs it off because he's like, I have no idea. I'm going to take a... Take an opportunity to go in my soapbox and complain about the constant write-up about Black Friday starting in 1990. And even though that's correct on being consistently on Friday, we did have Thanksgiving Day and Friday games occasionally beforehand against Oklahoma. It drives me crazy when they say say that tradition started on in 1990. Even prior just, to that, actually, we played various yeah. other teams in Thanksgiving weekend. I've seen games against oh. Miami and other teams in Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, it's not not anything totally recent. It's a long tradition we've had. It's a long tradition. Yes. That's my point. It's not like, oh, it's been since 1990. No, we're talking well into the 70s and even before uh, where we were, were playing a, a not on Saturday on that weekend. So, Mike, is it a conference? Is it anybody we play with any regularity? No. And, and so in this question, not talking about Black Friday at all. Right, not Thanksgiving, Some not other Black weekend, Friday. Penn State. Not a bowl game. No. That was a Friday. Not a bowl game. It wouldn't have been any of the kickoff classic stuff because those were all Correct. Saturdays. Well, so I feel like this has to be a anyway, long so. way back. A long way back. And some random thing where we traveled to the West Coast or East Coast and did our Friday game. Oh, dear Lord. I have I have absolutely no idea, Boomer. And I'd just be wasting time right now. Georgia Tech. Yeah. I, 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 I thought this would be a lot easier than, than when I started researching. But uh, oh. Notre Dame, 1924. That's a good guess. <laughs> From the best I can tell. The, uh, All right, go ahead, Boomer. The last uh, non-Thanksgiving weekend, non-bowl game, non-Saturday game we've lost, you have to set the Wayback Machine all the way to 1908, where we Jeez. played Ow. the we played the Carlisle Indians December 2nd of 1908. Huh. Isn't uh, Carlisle that year featured uh, a certain player by the name of Jim Thorpe That's and Coach uh, yeah. Pop Warner? Yeah. Yep. We actually invited them after the season began. It was kind of a questionable decision by the athletic department then a lot of the uh, university instructors actually protested because carlisle was 
they were almost a professional team of sorts back then, so they were accusing right. the athletic department of basically chasing money, which, good thing that ended after 1908 and hasn't happened since. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, yeah, they they brought uh, Carlisle up to, it was then Antelope Field, and uh, wanted to give the fans something to watch, and yeah, they kind of trampled the Huskers, but uh, regardless. Jim Thorpe, was, uh, one of the greatest athletes of all time. Very much so, yeah. Right so. there in Lincoln. I believe that was, uh, our athletic director was uh, like Jeremiah Eichhorst back then. It's, uh, Mike, <laughs> Boomer, can you look that up? I'll check that up, yeah. Okay, we'll thank see. you. Uh, he's running it like a business, you know, and uh, couldn't relate to the football players. Uh, well, you know, uh, that was an Antelope Field, uh, a predecessor to Memorial Stadium. In Memorial Stadium on Saturday, we heard some boos, uh, which is something you don't hear very often. Uh, honky, uh, those boos were, were directed towards Tanner Lee. Uh, fair or unfair on, on that? Well, I, I mean, I think it's hard sometimes with boos to say who they're directed to because it could have been towards okay. coaches or you know a number of things. But it was towards the offense at least, at, right? Because the offense the was very, going back on the field. Yeah, the, at the very least, they were happening when the offense was going out there. I. I'll be on the. I'm on the side of I never like to hear booze in that stadium, and I like us to be above that. And at the same time, people are paying professional money to watch games, and they're paying professional donations on top of their tickets. and And I can understand the frustration. I don't. I don't want to get this into a, a the team versus the fans kind of Bo Pelini world again. You know. Yeah. And, and we saw you. there were a couple of players after the game that even kind of mentioned like you know real fans don't do that. Let's let's not get into that kind of. That kind of thing, but in general, you know, the the play on the field wasn't wasn't great, and that solicited some boos. I'd rather that not happen. But I'll give this to Tanner Lee. If the boos were directed towards him, I want to give him a kind of a, a bit of a thumbs up how he responded to it because he didn't fold. He came back. You know, it's a 21 year old kid that has you know 90,000 people in there, and he came back and and took us down a 17 play drive, got some completions, got a touchdown pass, and. And so uh, I thought he responded well to it, but I, I hate seeing those boos there or hearing them. I hear you. You know, Mac, you were definitely uh, one of the biggest fans of Tanner Lee uh, before the season and even the first couple of games, but uh, you mentioned earlier in the podcast you're kind of questioning that. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Tanner? Yeah, I'm just uh, – I was a little disappointed with the times that he had pretty good protection this week, and I thought it was better this week. I thought – you know, it was pretty hard on the offensive line last week, and rightfully so. But this time he had some he had some options and some time and made some bad throws and made some bad choices. Um, and now, it, you know, the earlier games I kind of forgave and kind of excused for him, but now I'm starting to wonder, you know, where he is yet with his, with his decision-making process and whatnot. So, no, that, that's, a, that's a big concern. But are the boos justified? <sighs> It's a lot of pick sixes, guys. I mean, that's, that's a high number. Yep, you're right. that's, and, and we're pretty, I felt like, been pretty reasonable as fans. And and kind of like what, what Honky was saying, I don't know if it was directed so much at Tanner, maybe it was directed at Riley saying, come on, let's try somebody else. You know, this is not I mean, Nine INTs in three games. He did not throw in uh, against Arkansas State, if I remember right. So... Um, I think any fan yeah. base that was paying attention might think about booing a little. You know, <laughs> I mean, if he keeps this up, I mean, how many ints would he have? I mean, it'd be astronomical. Um, and to the point of pick sixes, I mean, I think I, I mean Aaron Rodgers in the NFL, and I'm not saying we should compare him versus Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's only had one or two pick sixes his entire career, hundreds of games. Uh, you, that's just not a, a trend that can hold up for 
for too much longer. And I really, you hope that uh, Langsdorf and Riley puts him in, in better situations. The protection starts to hold up and he starts to get a little more confidence because it seems like it's a, a confidence factor and he starts making some better decisions back there. Uh, if this offense is going to execute at any level um, that's going to uh, allow Riley to, and, and the a team to compete for the West, it's going to have to happen. Well, and, and, you know, I hate to keep relating things back to the, the Osborne years, but he got booed <laughs> too at times. In fact, sure, he very specifically sure. got booed in 81 when they went one and two. And, uh, you know, something right, uh, something Osborne said <clears throat> in one of the interviews he did after the game, he said, well, I, I just imagine that they booed me, that they're not booing the players. And he kind of took it upon himself. And to Riley's credit, I heard some similar things that he basically said where he's trying to – and Langsdorf, too. Langsdorf came in and on that on that pick six, and this week's was, I think, his worst pick six that he threw. Langsdorf took yeah, took the brunt of it. And did, that's, Langsdorf did take – That's, a, it, yeah, that's sure. a leadership – I've knocked Langsdorf for a lot of things. He took the brunt of that there, and I, and I, and I appreciate him doing that. They're try, you know, there's no point in just piling on to the, onto the QB. Lee has to get better. There's no doubt about that. You know, I, I could probably do an entire show on how we've how we've prepared our QBs, and we talked about this back in spring ball. You know, we're, we weren't – it was all green jerseys basically with them, and, and did we set these guys up in real live bullet situations? Because now I'm starting to hear that, that, you know, once the live bullets start flying, you know, things change. Well, that's why you prepare your quarterbacks for those situations. But having said that, what's done is done. Lee's got it. Lee has to improve on that. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But I, I, I do not disagree with them not pulling him. I didn't think he needed to be pulled in this game, um, but he does need to quit throwing those pick sixes. Yeah, that's that's the truth. Uh, all right, guys. You know, I think that was a, a worthy little, little dive into that. I mean, I think we're gonna have to track that the rest of the year, really. I mean, I think um, the run pass ratio is one that we really need to watch close to. But uh, if that run-pass ratio goes towards uh, Honky's uh, hope, uh, it would take the pressure off of Lee or whoever the quarterback is back there. And, you know, hopefully that's a, a recipe for success. All right, guys, you guys ready for some predictions? Let's go for it. The pod yeah. predictions. All right. Uh, so this is, this is going to be fun, guys, because – uh, Honky and Boomer uh, are in, are going to be uh, out in uh, the Rockies for this uh, college football Saturday. We're going to be watching the Huskers on Friday night. Max joining us for that. So all Saturday, uh, we're going to be tailgating, hopping around uh, downtown Denver and checking out the fan bases. So uh, you might want to follow us on Twitter on Saturday in particular. Uh, I think on uh Friday night, uh, we may start with uh, this game right here, which is USC at Washington State. So Trojans go to Pullman. Uh, let's start with hockey on that one. Every year you can count on the Pirate pulling off a big upset, and this is going to be the one for, the, for this season. I'm going with Wazoo. Nice. Mac? I am going to go with Southern Cal. Boomer. Uh, USC. Boomer's thinking. I just said USC there, Dave. Oh, you said USC. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought but you I'm said let thinking, me see, yeah. let me see, not USC. No, no, no. Uh, USC. OPP. Yeah, I, I, yeah you, you know me. You know me. <laughs> I'm down with OPP. 
Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to take this uh, upset too, Honk, but uh, I'll stick with USC. There's a reason and, I'm in last place, Dave. So. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Oh, you know, we should actually recap the what, what was the records last we week? We all had some bad losses well, last week. Right now, we're at a point where I think Dave's in the lead by one game over Boomer, who's in the lead, you know, right. one uh, game ahead of Mac, and then I'm one behind that. So there's a three game difference between Dave and I. But if Iowa and Arkansas had come through last week, I would be in first place. I was the only one to have those two, and Iowa, obviously, you know, that's how close it is. Iowa loses on the last play, and Arkansas is a... Shoulda, woulda, coulda, If I'd have picked the winning lotto numbers, I'd be retired now, hockey. (laughs) (laughs) And if we'd have run 45 times every game this year, we'd be... I don't know, I'm not going to go down there. Undefeated. It's a race to 45 attempts. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever gets the 45 attempts first wins. That's right. You're mocking me. Uh... (laughs) Uh, so, uh, first thing on uh, Saturday morning, uh, we can be uh, downtown Denver going to the uh, Wisconsin bar where we could watch Northwestern take on the Badgers. Mac, uh, who are you taking in that one? I'll take Wisconsin. Boomer. Uh, Wisconsin. They're my lock of the week. Oh, getting on that early. Nice Yep, I'm nice not waiting until last Boomer. this time. Good move. Honky. Oh, let's see. Ooh. Well, I'll tell you what, northwestern of Chicago is where Madison is, and I am going with Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, I, actually, I, I hope it's northwestern of Chicago. I, I really don't know the direction. I'm totally there. taking Wisconsin uh, because I don't want to walk into Swanky's Bar and Grill on Blake Street and get in trouble. Um, I'm going to have some cheese curds, though, that's for certain. Yep. Uh, all right, let's uh, talk another Big Ten game. Maryland, down to their third-string quarterback, going to Minneapolis to take on the Golden Gophers of Minnesota. Boomer? Oh, Maryland's down to, I think, starting one of us as quarterback. So let's say Minnesota pulls off a big win for the Big Ten West here. Good choice, good choice. Mac? I'm going with the Gopher. Honky? Uh, I will be going with Minnesota. I'll make that four for four. I do think Maryland's improved, but uh, at some point that that's going to have to show up. Uh, probably showed up last week when they got thumped by uh, UCF, uh, Central Florida, led by Scott Frost, who has a great run-pass ratio, by the way. It's excellent. Phenomenal. Uh, UCF is taking on Memphis uh, in a uh, American Conference matchup. Uh, honky? My lock Taking of the Central week. Florida, Central Florida. Lock of the week. Nice, mm. nice. Boomer? Oh, gosh. Let's just throw some more fuel under the Scott Frost fire. Let's go Central Florida. Why not? Good choice. McGuire? Mac? Mm. Where's this game at? It's in Orlando. Altitude of Orlando? Mm. Negative 32. Gotcha. Bright House Network Stadium. It's like an erector set in the middle of a swamp. I'll take Central Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Memphis beat UCLA, guys. So, right? I, I, I think this is a good, a, a good test for UCF. And if, uh, you know, Frost does start to, to put a, a really good season together, regardless of how uh, Riley and, and the Huskers do that, people are going to keep on talking. I'll take the Golden Knights as well. Uh, let's go. Let's stay in the south. We've got 
Georgia visiting Knoxville versus Tennessee. Mac, who you I'm, got there? I'm taking the dogs. Taking the dogs. Honky. I had uh, the dogs last week as my lock of the week. And because I'm stupid, I'm going with the volunteers who were horrible last weekend. But I am going with Tennessee. They're <laughs> wow, gonna, they're that's gonna, they're gonna come back and play a good game <laughs> at right. home in Neyland Stadium. Okay. All right, Boomer. <laughs> Hockey's logic is just uh, <laughs> without it's logic. It's breathtaking in its splendor. Sometimes I just I, I just enjoy being in the presence of it. <laughs> I just I, I just like hope sometimes there's children listening to this podcast that can take all this in too. I'm just I'm thankful like a, they'd be here to hear this. I'm a younger quarterback. Uh, really. I mean, that's. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with uh, Georgia on this, just based on Tennessee's performance, and get Butch Jones out of there faster than ever. I guess. Yeah, that's right. I'm taking Georgia as well. It's a no-brainer. Uh, here's an interesting with a, a spread that's a little bit surprising. Iowa, uh, fresh off a near upset of Penn State, is going to East Lansing, taking on the Spartans of Michigan State, and are a road dog. Uh, Boomer, what do you think about that? Oh, as much as I enjoy a good heartbreaking last drive loss by Iowa, uh, yeah, I'm petty, but that's okay. Uh Michigan State just hasn't shown me anything this year, so let's go Iowa. <laughs> yeah, Michigan State's coming off a pretty bad loss to Notre Dame. I don't really see that. Mac? This feels like one of those games that Iowa would drop, you know, that you didn't see coming. But they, yeah. Oh, gonna oh go I'm gonna call, this is my clawback. I'm going to claw back. I'm going to go Michigan State in this one. All right, all right. Honky? Going Iowa. There we go. I like it. Um, whew. Yeah, I, oh, man, this is tough. I like. I'll. I'll take Iowa. Boy, I don't know though. I think McGuire might might have something there. I guess we'll find out. All right, uh, let's take a pickup game. Let's take. Uh, we got Mississippi State trying to bounce back versus the Auburn Tigers. Honky. I'm going with Auburn. Boomer? Uh, Mississippi State. Don't like Auburn's offense. That's true. Mac? I'm going to Auburn. I'm going to go Mississippi State. We'll see if they they can come back. Uh, All right, we got Florida State sitting at 0-2, going to Winston-Salem to take Wake. I'm taking that as the lock of my week, the lock of the week for me, right there. Who you, I got it. Who are you taking? Well, which one are you taking? Florida State. Okay. Come on. <laughs> uh, I got so excited, I was like, I got to take this now. Just somebody's going to win this game, and that's my lock of the week. There will not be a tie. <laughs> <laughs> called it. All right, all right. I got a little like, over overzealous there. Florida State. They got to come back and win that. Mac. Yeah, Florida State for me too. Honky. Going Wake Forest. Wow. All right, Boomer? Uh, Florida State has to win a game eventually, so let's go with it now. Yeah, too good to keep on losing. All right, let's keep it in the ACC. Uh, Clemson going to Blacksburg, taking on the Hokies of Virginia Tech. Honky? Clemson by 800. 800, they're going to lay it on thick. All right, Mac? Clemson with my lock of the week. It's because I said by 800. I'm also taking... Mostly. I'm also taking Clemson. 
Uh, Boomer? Well, I'm going to go the under on 800, but I'll still take Clemson. <laughs> All right, that's 4-0 <laughs> for Clemson there. All right, I think that's nine games. So next up is Nebraska taking on Illinois on Friday night. Uh, Hockey, you want to start us off and include the score? Sure. Uh, you know, I, the the basic offensive game plan here, we've got to keep those the, – the passing – ratio of what we did in this last game if we're around that 26 27 passes and 40 rushes that's what i'm expecting to see if we if that gets flipped around the score could get flipped around but i do honk do you like anything about illinois i mean they have not been impressive uh, at all this year is there anything to be concerned about i mean i'm not again we're concerned about ourselves essentially here but from an opponent perspective individually they have some defensive individual talent and they always have like in their mm-hmm. front seven they always have some ability to get after the passer a little bit and but in in general no i mean they they've they've struggled they're they're worse right now it feels like than they were at this time a year ago in year one of of uh, levy smith so i you know i i feel confident that we should be able to go in there don't repeat the the mistakes of two years ago where we threw it 40 plus times and 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 you know had the issues um, I think that we'll go in there. We'll win about, I'll say, twenty-eight to seventeen. All right, all right, Boomer. What are your thoughts? Hey, and Boomer, do you know the uh, you know the spread and the line yet on this? Oh gosh, I, I think the spread was about six and a half. It seven, was like seven that. last time I checked, but I haven't looked today. So all right. we'll give it a look here before we're all done. But predictions for the game, Illinois—they're going to be the worst offensive team we face all season. I, I, they don't have a whole lot of positive going for it. As long as Lee avoids gifting them, you know, 28 points or something like that, we should be able to come out of this pretty well. Right. So, uh, prediction, let's say we ought to be able to win this one 28 to 13. 28 to 13, all right, yeah. not too different. Mac, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is another just do us, kind of get us right kind of game. I would like to see... Uh, I'd really like to see Tanner kind of take that 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 turn in the offense and really start checking down to the running backs. I'd rather start our attempts to be close to around the 35 mark for passing, 20-ish for rushing. If we can do that <laughs> and, and, oh. and catch the balls, I feel like we could probably walk away with this one. No, I, Danny McGuire there is what I'm talking right, about. Right, <laughs> if, if, if we don't score for the other team on offense – I think it's reasonable to think about a score for 14 for them, mm-hmm. 30, 30, I guess 33 for us, since you guys are all late 20s. So there you go, 14, 33. 33, 14. And, and you know what, I, right, I want to change right. one thing. I'm going to change it, not 17 points. We're going to give up nine. If, if Illinois' offense nine. is bad enough. We're going to keep them to single digits. That's how our defense is playing. So I'm going to say 28 to I mean, that, Yeah, and so you're also predicting a – a pick six free game by Tanner Lee to keep it down to that point. Well, they might miss the next. They might point miss there, the extra so, point, but yeah, yeah they'll. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll. Well, that makes more somehow. sense then. So we give up a field goal, we give up the six, and yeah, we block the uh, yeah. extra it, it could, point. Okay, it could okay. Be a pick six and a safety. I, I don't know yet. So, but they'll get nine somehow. <laughs> all right, all right. I, yeah, well, I think the defense is playing pretty well. The they're going to do it on the road, um, which I think they're more than capable of against this uh, offense. I'll go uh, 31-10 to 10 for the Huskers. Uh, I think 
Uh, hopefully a little better offensive performance, solid defense, uh, produces a, a relatively easy victory. But who knows, right, guys? That's the beauty of it. Yep. Yeah. All right, good stuff, guys, good stuff. All right, you ready for parting shots? Oh, I shots? do have one other thing to add uh, Ooh, for hockey. Um, our uh, athletic director back in 1908, well, he wasn't <laughs> technically an athletic director. He was actually our first uh, graduate manager of athletics and ran the uh, general manager of Nebraska's athletic board. It's uh, Earl O. Eager, so it's pretty close to Eichhorst, actually. Okay. So he was, uh, <laughs> he was actually kind of a businessman. He took us from uh, the Nebraska Athletic Board, which was then $400 in debt when he showed up. And uh, a year later, he, they had a profit of $1,000. So he did have that business mindset. Oh, it was so the gate receipts plus. from that matchup versus Carlisle. It really probably, was. Right? And, uh, he, he, however, he was a Nebraska man because he was a halfback on some of the uh, – great teams coached by a uh, walter c bummy booth in the early 1900s i do have ah. a picture of a uh, earl o eager the man can rock a serious bowler hat i'll post those to twitter as soon as uh, the podcast posts so you can people can, uh, yeah, he's a football enjoy guy a football nebraska guy. guy and a businessman all being ad all at once and he was also instrumental in replacing antelope field with the nebraska field in fact he did some of the work himself surveying things and uh, moving buildings and stuff despite not being an engineer which is probably not up to code <laughs> nowadays do you ever feel so lazy today when you hear about what all these people used to do back in the 1800s and you know like all the i was a land surveyor and a lawyer and a doctor and you know it's like hey we're putting well, together no a kick-ass podcast hey there was a <laughs> He didn't even have a degree to do any of those things, though, Oh, right? I'm not you sure he did. Yeah, that, well, you don't even go to law school. You studied for the bar, and you pass it. You were a lawyer. Bam. <laughs> it's, it was considered one of the most structurally unsound buildings in Lincoln, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't it last very long, because by 23, <laughs> we had a new stadium, so. <laughs> uh, all right, well, you know, that's good stuff, guys. Thanks, good Boomer. stuff. All right, well. I'm looking forward to the weekend. I think uh, Twitter should be active, uh, so keep uh, keep things uh, glued to your Twitter account if you're a Redcast follower, and uh, we'll be looking forward to a victory on Friday night. All right, let's finish this thing up with some uh, parting shots. Honky, what do you got for us? Well, first I want to give uh, a shout-out to John Cook and the volleyball team. They went uh, on the East Coast this last weekend and had two sweeps. Uh, the first one on Friday night uh, over number two Penn State, who they've beaten six straight times, and it's the first time that Penn State was swept on their home since 2003. So, uh, shot out there. Uh, basketball tonight, uh, we got a commit. Uh, point guard Xavier Johnson uh, from Arlington, Virginia, picked us over Creighton. Yay! And last but not least, I always want to uh, throw out the, the marketing for this is the last week of the Yahoo Pick'em that we've been doing last week to sign up. So there's 14 weeks. We dropped the four worst ones. Well, we are in week five now. So if you sign up this week, you can play all 10 weeks. All right. Uh, Boomer. Well, I just know I'm going to spend a little time in Denver uh, checking the hat stores. I just have to get a bowler hat the way Earl O. Eager had. I'm kind of enjoying that look. So I know the perfect hat store for Boomer. No problem. Mac? Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be a good time having everybody down in Denver and uh, watching the Huskers play. Maybe our combined mojo will help right some of the wrongs going on the offensive side. I just really want to see a good game this week, boys, and take a breath and maybe go back to enjoying this year instead of being terrified every week. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Uh, I am also looking forward to this weekend. Uh, my liver is not. I've got a, a honky here on Thursday 
Boomer comes in on Friday. Uh, I, I don't know if I can keep up with you guys. So if uh, anybody out there has some good hangover cures, I'd be more than happy to take advice from the listeners. Uh, all right, guys. Um, I think that's uh, that's a show right there, hey? Hey, yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's call that a Go Big Red Cast. Illinois. Red. GBR. Go Big Red.